Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's podcast on contraception. We welcome our faculty. Dr. Kate White is the Director of Family Planning Fellowship at Boston Medical Center and is an Associate Professor of OBGYN at the Boston University School of Medicine. The learning objectives of this podcast are, one, describe strategies for contraceptive counseling including how to discuss distinctions among IUDs. Two, summarize important clinical considerations associated with IUDs. And three, provide resources for additional IUD skills advancement. Before we get started, let me remind everyone that this podcast is supported by an independent educational grant from Bayer Healthcare Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. For more information, please visit the activity page for this podcast on www.primed.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Kate White. I'm the director of the fellowship in complex family planning at the Boston University School of Medicine, and I'm excited to be talking with you about IUDs and how to bring them into your practice. Intrauterine devices, or IUDs, are one of the most effective forms of reversible contraception. We now have decades of data from millions of IUD users around the world, and the data are consistent that IUDs are safe to use by patients of all ages, from early adolescence to perimenopause. And we know that IUDs are highly effective, where fewer than one user in 100 will become pregnant using the device. Additionally, the hormonal IUDs are very effective at treating heavy menstrual bleeding and dysmenorrhea. So why doesn't every patient who wants to avoid pregnancy use an IUD? Well, not all patients are comfortable having a device that remains inside their body, despite our assurances that it's safe to use. Other patients want to be able to start and stop a method without needing to visit their clinician's office. But for clinicians and patients alike, there are myths and misconceptions about IUDs that have persisted, resulting in lower uptake of this method. People may be worried about infection risk, thinking that the IUD increases the risk of getting a sexually transmitted infection, or a cervical infection could progress into pelvic inflammatory disease. But data are consistent that following a brief period after insertion, there is no increased risk of STI acquisition or PID. People also have fertility concerns, that the presence of an IUD will reduce a patient's chances of conception in the future. Happily, there are no permanent changes to the lining of the uterus with IUD use and no increased risk of the development of PID that could cause tubal infertility. Some clinicians worry that for patients who are young or nulliparous, the IUD may be too difficult or too painful to place in the office. Most of these patients do very well with a traditional insertion process. But providers can offer a paracervical block with lidocaine if they or a patient are concerned about pain with insertion. Another reason that IUDs may not be used as much as they could be? Patients may have a difficult time finding a provider to place one. This may be because their clinician misunderstands which patients are eligible to use an IUD, or it could be because their provider has never been trained in IUD insertion or removal. Let's review the five IUDs that are currently available in the United States. Each has a different approved duration of use, and there are differences in possible bleeding patterns. The one available non-hormonal IUD is the copper IUD, brand name Paragard. This IUD has been FDA approved for 10 years, 
though clinical evidence supports its efficacy for 12 years of use. As it is a non-hormonal device, patients will not experience any systematic side effects or changes in the frequency of their periods. This IUD may lead to increased cramping or heavier or longer periods, but these effects often resolve after three to six months of use. It's important to offer a prescription for naproxen or ibuprofen at the time of copper IUD insertion so a patient can take these prophylactically to reduce this risk of heavy bleeding and cramping. The other IUDs all contain the progestin levonorgestrel. All are safe for patients with contraindications to contraception that contains estrogen. There are two 52 milligram levonorgestrel IUDs, brand names Mirena and Liletta. Mirena is approved for seven years of use, and Liletta is currently approved for six years, though there is some evidence that both IUDs are effective for eight years. Most patients using these devices experience oligomenorrhea, or a drastic reduction in menstrual bleeding. About 20% of patients will experience amenorrhea, or no bleeding, after one year of IUD use. That number increases to at least a third of patients after three years of use. Most patients will experience a decrease in dysmenorrhea as well. A common side effect of these IUDs is frequent spotting, which most often resolves after three to six months of use. There is one 19.5 milligram levonorgestrel IUD, brand name Kylina, which is approved for five years of use. Many patients experience frequent irregular bleeding in the first three to six months of using this IUD. Bleeding may also become heavier before it lightens. But like the higher dose levo IUDs, oligomenorrhea is also very common with this IUD. Amenorrhea with this device is lower than with the 52 milligram IUDs, however, at about 12% of patients after one year of use and 20% of patients after three years of use. Finally, the lowest dose IUD is the 13.5 milligram levonorgestrel IUD, brand name Skyla, which is approved for three years of use. The most common bleeding pattern that patients experience with this IUD is light bleeding that occurs monthly. Only about 6% of patients will experience amenorrhea, making this a good method for patients who wish to have a monthly bleed. Like the other hormonal IUDs, frequent spotting is a common side effect and often resolves after three to six months of use. For all IUDs, a best practice is to give patients anticipatory guidance about what to expect with their IUD in terms of possible changes to their bleeding pattern and the possible effects on their uterine cramping. Any of these IUDs may be placed at the time of a patient's period when the clinician can be reasonably sure that the patient is not pregnant. Additionally, the copper IUD and the 52 milligram levonorgestrel IUDs can be used as emergency contraception. Finally, an IUD can be placed at the time of delivery of a baby or following a miscarriage or pregnancy termination. Let's take the example of Chloe, who is a 23-year-old patient who uses she-her pronouns. Chloe has never been pregnant. Her medical history is significant for migraine, headache with aura, and a BMI of 32. At the time of her annual exam with her primary care provider, she says that she has a new male partner and would like to know what her birth control options are. The best way to start counseling about contraception is to ask your patient, what's important to you about your birth control method? Patients may offer their preferences, or you can prompt them with questions such as, how important is it for you to see bleeding every month? 
Would you like to avoid bleeding if you can? Could you manage spotting for a prolonged period of time or would that really interfere with your life? Do you have pain with your periods? Do you want to use a method only when you have penile vaginal intercourse? Or would you be interested in a method that you can set it and forget it? Is it important that you can stop your method anytime you want without an office visit? You can use this information to help guide your counseling about what methods might best fit a patient's preferences. When a birth control method aligns with what is important to a patient, they are more likely to be highly satisfied with their method. Chloe has heard great things from her friends about IUDs and is interested in getting one. Once a patient has decided on an IUD, there are four things to consider. One, does the patient have any contraindications to IUD use? A review of a patient's medical history will reveal possible contraindications, including unexplained vaginal bleeding, endometrial or cervical cancer, persistent gestational trophoblastic disease following a molar pregnancy, current cervicitis from chlamydia or gonorrhea, or current PID, current septic abortion or endometritis, fibroids that distort the uterine cavity, or congenital uterine anomalies, such as a uterine septum. Importantly, history of venous thromboembolism, obesity, hypertension, and migraine with aura are not contraindications to IUD use. For our current patient, Chloe has no contraindications to using an IUD. Two, does the patient prefer a non-hormonal method? Some patients prefer to not use a contraceptive method that contains hormones. If a patient has dysmenorrhea or heavy periods at baseline, they should be counseled that the copper IUD may exacerbate these symptoms. Chloe does not have heavy or painful periods and has no objections to using a hormonal IUD. Three, does the patient want to see monthly bleeding? Some patients want the monthly reassurance that they are not pregnant and would be dissatisfied with a contraceptive method that led to amenorrhea. A patient is more likely to see monthly bleeding with either the copper IUD or the 13.5 milligram levonorgestrel IUD. Chloe says she would love to get rid of her periods if she can. Four, does the patient wish to achieve amenorrhea if possible? Some patients prefer a method that stops their periods. A patient has the best chance of eliminating bleeding with use of a 52 milligram levo IUD. You can counsel patients that with hormonal suppression, there is no danger in not having monthly bleeding. Chloe is excited about this possibility. Next, it's important to counsel Chloe about what to expect with getting an IUD. Explain that it is a five minute office procedure and you'll explain each step to her. First, you place a speculum in the vagina and clean the cervix with a cleansing solution. Then she'll feel three cramps, one after another. One, as you place a stabilizing instrument on the cervix, one, as you measure how deep the uterus is, and finally, when you place the IUD itself. Then you'll trim the IUD string shorter and remove all of the equipment. The procedure is very safe, but like all procedures, it carries some risk. An IUD insertion has very low risks of bleeding, infection, and uterine perforation. There's also an approximately 5% risk of the IUD expelling after placement. If a patient is nervous about the pain with insertion, you could offer them intramuscular ketorolac, oral lorazepam, or a paracervical block. Counsel Chloe that she may feel cramping for the first few days after insertion, 
offer her a prescription for an anti-inflammatory medication to help with the pain. Current best practice is to have patients follow up for a string check in six weeks to confirm that the IUD is in place. Finally, you can counsel Chloe on how best to manage her IUD. There is no need for her to check the IUD strings after every period, but you could show her how to check for the strings if she would like to know how. She should continue to have annual exams with a PCP or a gynecologist who will confirm each year that the IUD is in the right position. Review the signs of IUD expulsion so she knows what to look out for. Counsel her to call your office if she experiences unusual bleeding or cramping or notices that the IUD strings are longer than they were before. You can also counsel Chloe that she could remove her own IUD if she would like when she is ready to stop using it or she could return to the office at any time for removal. Being able to provide IUDs in your practice increases the chances that your patients will be able to access this highly effective birth control method that has among the highest patient satisfaction rates of all methods. If you routinely perform pelvic exams and pap smears for your patients, you're already on your way to having the skills needed to place an IUD. If you are thinking about adding IUD provision to your practice, you can seek out training. Training will teach you how to place a tenaculum on the cervix, how to handle the IUD inserter, and how to manage both instruments at the same time. Training will also review best practices and teach you how to problem solve during a difficult insertion or removal. The Paragard and Laletta IUDs have different inserters from the other hormonal IUDs. Additionally, the Paragard inserter requires two hands, while the hormonal IUDs utilize one-hand inserters. You may want to start by adding a single IUD to your practice so you can get comfortable with one inserter before adding an additional IUD to your stock. It's ideal to be able to offer at least one hormonal as well as the non-hormonal IUD so your patients have a choice, but you don't need to offer both IUDs right away. We have included a list of resources for clinicians interested in gaining IUD insertion and removal skills. The list is located on the activity homepage and in the podcast transcript, both on primed.com. These resources include both online and in-person training, as well as videos and instruction guides. In addition, each pharmaceutical company can give you model IUDs and small uterus models so that you can practice before your first insertion with a patient. For setting up your practice to enable IUD insertion, you'll want to work with your staff to create a workflow to streamline these procedures. Staff can be trained on what equipment you need, how to set up the room, including cleansing solution for the cervix and vagina and STI screening swabs when appropriate, and obtaining urine pregnancy testing for each patient prior to insertion. You can use some disposable equipment for IUD insertions, such as speculums and osfinders, but some equipment is better when it's reusable, including tenaculum and scissors. You do not need to have access to an ultrasound machine for training or insertion, but you will find it useful to know where to refer patients for an ultrasound examination if they ever present to you with missing IUD strings. With training and practice, you'll grow comfortable with placing and removing IUDs in your office. This skill will make it easier for your patients to access the contraception they need to have the family size they desire. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and have a great day. To obtain your CME credit, please visit primed.com and complete a short post assessment. If you listen to this podcast on another platform, please refer to the episode description 
where there is a direct link to the activity page on Primed.com for claiming CME credit. Thank you.